Welcome into A to Z Sports Prime Time on a Wednesday night from the Superbook Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising. I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by our friends at Two Rivers Ford. They are the go-to when you are in Middle Tennessee. They are the go-to car buying experience. They are the best car car buying experience. They literally win awards for how great their customer service is. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. Gary Ashton and the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. That's where you go for the Intel Edge. You need to succeed with the best real estate team in the world, the best Remax team in the world, no question. The Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage at garyashton.com. And Superbook Sports, where you can go to bet on every major sport right now and get your first bet matched up to $1,000. Superbook Sports The app is great and easy to use. Check it out in the Android or Apple store. So, John Robinson, for the first time since training camp started, we talked to him about a great many things. Obviously, they cut 29 players. They brought 17 back on the practice squad. Most teams get 16 unless you make an international exception. They did keep one of the players as an international exception. The tight end from uh, the Netherlands, Thomas uh, Okuda, I think is how I pronounce his last name, but forgive me if I have butchered it. I'm sure that I have a pronunciation guide somewhere in my laptop bag, but either way, 17 total players on the practice squad, 16, like everybody else gets and one international exception, a handful of players that were of note that ended up cut yesterday. We talked about Logan Woodside, Des Fitzpatrick, Lorel Murchison, a handful of names who have been in in prominent roles or at least substantive roles in the last couple of years for this team. So there was a there was a couple of different things that we talked that we wanted to get to with John today. And I think we had him for about 20 minutes on the podium before Mike Vrabel's uh before Mike Vrabel's press conference got started. And the place that we started with is the backup quarterback situation. Because obviously Malik Willis is a big talking point. He's the person who we've seen the most of in the preseason so far, who you guys have seen the most of in the preseason so far. And he has established himself in a role that I think he got too quicker than most of us could have imagined. So I'd like to start with your Two Rivers Ford take. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. What is your level of confidence in Malik Willis as QB2? We'll go through it together. You'll hear from John Robinson momentarily uh, on your Two Rivers Ford take. Your level of confidence in Malik Willis as the backup. Now, again, it's notable that Logan Woodside's still on the roster. I think he's somebody who's going to continue to be an asset for this team. Um, I think that Malik Willis has a lot of promise, but may not be a complete and total package just yet or really throughout the course of the regular season. We'll see how these things go. Derek R. uh, says seven and a half is his confidence level. Mark Jones, who cannot be trusted with his analysis because he's a blind homer about everything, says 100%. I respect it. Kyle Severin says uh, a seven, as does Chris Frazier, in the comments on Facebook Live. We'll read more of yours, and you'll hear from John Robinson about what Malik Willis showed him and the coaching staff right after I tell you about Two Rivers Ford. That is where you go. No matter how you like to shop, Two Rivers Ford is always going to make it easy for you. 
Two Rivers Ford can custom order your new Ford and deliver it when it gets manufactured with the Built For You program, the way that they did for me. Or if you have an idea, but you're not quite sure about the vehicle that you want specifically, you can reach out to their non-commissioned sales team and they'll stay on the lookout for you and contact you when a vehicle that might work arrives in stock. And don't forget, Two Rivers Ford always sells below MSRP on all new non-specialty vehicles, so you can rest assured that you're getting the best price. When it comes to finding a vehicle, get with the get with our friends at Two Rivers Ford and let them do the work for you. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So, what is your confidence level right now in Malik Willis? Because it's clear that they are excited about the prop, the promise that he has. It's clear that he's taken substantial steps through training camp in the preseason. But from John Robinson's perspective, it was interesting to hear him talk about kind of how far this particular player has come since he first arrived in Tennessee. Uh, obviously, Woodside, one of the players that came back on the practice squad, but what did Malik show you throughout the course of training camp and preseason to kind of feel comfortable with that quarterback two role? Yeah, I mean, I thought he he, I mean, he really improved. Uh, he certainly made some impressive plays in, in the preseason games, but even at practice, um, you know, just the ball coming out of his hand a little quicker, um, you know, throwing with a little bit better anticipation, uh, deciphering, working through coverages. You know, just thought that he was on the on the right track. Um, and, I mean, he's still got a long way to go, but uh, certainly trending in the right direction. So that's John talking about Malik today at his press conference. And, you know, pretty pretty cut and dry, pretty simple. They ma- He made progress in some fundamental areas where it's necessary for him to play quarterback. Now, overall, and I saw the NFL kind of touting this um, when they were putting out some numbers about rookie performers in the preseason. Malik was one of the top performing players behind uh, a Dolphins rookie who I was unfamiliar with. Perhaps I can find the graphic. So I can give you the names more specifically in Malik Willis's stat line in these preseason games. Um, But Malik Willis has been uh, an exciting player. He's got the uh, big play potential both through the air and on the ground with his ability to improvise. Uh, He's somebody who, you know, showcased all of the different things about him that draft evaluators liked but thought, okay, he's not ready just yet. And that has proven to be the case so far. Malik Willis is in the perfect place for him to continue to grow, though, which is why I'm confident about how far he's come and how much more he's going to be able to do and learn and develop within this system. So this is courtesy of the NFL, which rookie had the best preseason. Skylar Thompson is the Dolphins rookie quarterback. Uh, Five touchdowns, no interceptions. He had a passer rating of 138.4, 450 total passing yards. Then Malik Willis, 318 passing yards, 159 rushing yards, and three touchdowns total to go with an interception in his final preseason game on a tip drill. You've got Lance McCutcheon, the rookie wide receiver for the Los Angeles Rams. He had 15 catches in three games, 259 yards, and two touchdowns. In San Francisco, uh, Samuel Womack, who I'm not quite certain what position he plays, but he had two interceptions, three pass defensed and a fumble recovery. And then Cavante Turpin, uh, the electric return man for the Dallas Cowboys, who had a 98-yard kick return and an 86-yard punt return. Both of those things happened 
in the same game. But the question remains about Malik. Do you uh, do you look at him and say, "All right, I have complete confidence. I feel good about it. I'm you know I'm kind of back and forth on it." Or you look at a situation and say, yeah, it's just not good enough and it doesn't matter. Um, It doesn't matter what Malik Willis is going to be able to do right now because if Ryan Tannehill goes down, they're banged anyway, which is probably the most accurate answer. Sean Michael Hayden says, what does this even mean about preseason statistics? It doesn't mean mean a ton. I mean, here's here's what it means for Malik. And it's a good question. I'm glad you asked it. It means more for Malik than it may for a lot of other players. Preseason statistics, and really, you know, just to box score scout, guys, statistics can be hollow depending on the game circumstance, the game situation that they're in, and obviously the stakes of the game. Now, there's no stakes in the preseason other than for bottom-of-the-roster guys who are trying to make, uh, to make, to continue their NFL careers. But why it's important for Malik is because what he needed to do is so fundamentally basic at the core of playing quarterback, footwork, keeping your eyes up, not running out of the back of the pocket. If you're going to make plays with your legs, understand how quickly, how much more quickly those lanes close up because you're in the NFL as opposed to playing at Liberty. Keep your eyes downfield, work through your progressions. Don't be so willing to run and try and make a play because there are plays being made for you in the design of the offense. All of those things are very simple because, uh, and Timothy Ferris rightly points out, the coaches aren't looking at stats. They don't care about the stats in the preseason. Now, they probably don't care about the stats in the regular season either, other than, you know, some are some are indicative of a good performance and some are indicative of a bad performance, but ultimately it's about how the player hands handles themselves in whatever situation you're put in and where they kind of continue to grow at this point. The NFL is so hard for a quarterback to make it. And there's not a, there's not a, as John Robinson's 2020 class just showed you, the, the draft science is so far from exact. What Malik is, is a developmental prospect in a perfect situation. And I think as they continue to as they continue to work with him and kind of grow and develop him beyond what his natural abilities are and to make him a more refined player at the position, the idea that there's zero pressure on him to play at all right now is the best possible thing for him. So, you know, when we see him in a real sample size, he's a more he's just more ready for the opportunity and he's going to have the better opportunities to succeed by sitting right now. Now, not all situations are created equal. And, you know, a lot of good quarterbacks mostly go to bad teams because of how, uh, of how you know, just the draft order works because they're trying to get the worst teams right and even out the uh, the landscape, the parity in the NFL. Trevor Lawrence is a clearly more talented quarterback prospect than Malik Willis, but he went to a terrible team. He's developed some bad habits. Played his first season, his rookie season, for a clown show of a coach, and uh, and now Trevor Lawrence is having to kind of you know correct some of the bad habits that he picked up in his rookie year. Uh, geography matters a lot for these guys, and in Tennessee, Malik Willis um, is going to have the best opportunity to succeed. Let's talk about uh, the a lot of these roster cuts though that John Robinson made and 
what it kind of says about his drafting as of late, because this was a uh, hotly contested topic earlier on in the afternoon. But basically, as to your level of belief in Malik Willis, here's what I'll say. Okay, like if we're asking on a scale of 1 to 10, how confident am I that he is a competent uh, backup quarterback? And we're doing this as of Wednesday, August 31st. Like, I'm not talking about at the end of the year, what's Malik Willis going to look like. I'm not going to talk about, uh, I'm not going to, you know, not at the bye week. I'm talking about today. What is my confidence level in Malik Willis? Probably a four. Probably a four. Like if you tossed him out there right now today, of course, it would look like a train wreck. Um, it would it would look a lot like it does. Uh, it would look like a lot like it did in Baltimore, where he's super uncomfortable, where defenses are throwing things at him that he hasn't seen yet, where he's having maybe a harder time diagnosing the coverages because he's not necessarily up to speed on NFL defenses. He hasn't had to be uh, coming out of Liberty, but now he's starting to learn. On August the 31st, if you ask me my confidence level on a scale of 1 to 10, I'd say 4. But that doesn't mean that Malik Willis can't take hold of this job, can't make me more confident. And I think the best possible situation is for me not to see him outside of, you know, certain packages that they have to take advantage, uh, that that they have to take advantage of, you know, his skill set right now. Because you could do some dangerous things with Malik, Derek, Chig, Hassan Haskins, Dontrell Hilliard, you could do some creative things with all those players uh, on the field in some form or fashion or some combination of those players on the field in some form or fashion that would you know, be Ravens-esque in its design, which would uh, obviously make life a living hell on defenses because that's exactly what the Ravens do so well, especially when so many NFL offenses are largely playing the same kind of systems. And then you, have, you play six weeks of teams that look the same and then all of a sudden... Uh, then all of a sudden you're playing Baltimore, and Baltimore is not like most offenses in the NFL. Obviously not. Andrew Geisler says his confidence level is a six and a half out of seven. Bow Wow says, I don't like Malik. Talking about me. Buck don't like Malik. Um, well, I do like Malik, actually, a lot. I don't necessarily uh, like like his odds of succeeding right now. Um, I think you would be fooled to. But that doesn't mean that I don't like the player. In fact, I think a lot of the player. I think a lot of the person and the player. Um, and I'm excited to see what he does in, you know, maybe 2024, maybe 2023. We'll see what happens with Ryan Tannehill this year. Honestly, if you asked me if Ryan Tannehill was on or off the roster at the end of the season, I'd probably say uh, that he's going to rebound, that he's going to rebound enough for them to keep him through 2023. I think that's totally fine. And more of you will... Uh, lose your damn minds because, of course, you want the the young quarterback to get an opportunity. But if the thing is working right now and Tannehill is, puts them in a better position to succeed, yeah, I, I can imagine that being a situation like that at the end of the year. Um, let's see. Buck, small favor to ask, says Johnny. Uh, for press conferences, I can't hear the questions uh, being asked. I try my best for uh, to follow the team, but it's hella hard to do when you can't hear the audio. Um. Well, I can't, I can't do anything about that, Johnny. So I'm not going to be able to grant you your request or your favor because I don't have any control over whatever the technical deficiencies that the Titans audio team, audio engineering team has with the press conference. But I think this has been a complaint for you, for a lot of you guys for a long time. Um, you know, I just, there's, there's nothing I'm going to be able to do about that. Uh, but uh, perhaps you could, uh, I don't know. I don't know who you could message on the team that would be able to, 
handle that situation. Anyway, let's talk about the 2020 class for the Titans. On Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, the question that I am asking you is this. What is John Robinson's worst draft class? I had to think about this myself for a little while. And I think that there is uh I think that there's a couple of arguments that could be made. Now, again, uh I think uh I think that um I think that when you go through the the different draft classes that John Robinson has had, uh I think that there are some cases to be made for several in the last couple of years that you may not necessarily be huge fans of. But all time, I think there's a pretty uh, there's a pretty substantive there's a pretty substantive balance for John Robinson since he started making picks for the Titans in 2016. So we'll go through that together. Um, uh, Mark Jones says of the audio situation, get some headphones. Johnny is now suggesting that I project my voice like I'm talking to an audience instead of an individual. Uh, Johnny, I'm not going to do that. I will tell you exactly what I'm not going to do. Um, second reason why I'm not going to grant your favor because I'm not going to take over a press conference by being louder than people because you need to hear on the mic. Like, respectfully, that sounds wildly disruptive. And Mike's going to look at me like, what the, I almost cussed. What the hell are you doing? Why are you yelling? Why are you conducting a press conference question like you're doing your radio show or your or the primetime show? He's going to look at me like, no, you asshole. I'm not answering your questions. Shut up, uh, shut up about it already. Talk quieter. And then he's going to yell at Glennon, who doesn't talk loud enough. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. Wait, wait, Johnny, respectfully, like what a ridiculous, what a ridiculous thing to ask somebody to do. You want me to project louder in Rabel's press conferences so more people can hear the press conference questions being asked. Oh, man, come on. It's not that deep. Uh, Buck, why can't you make the question to ask askers talk louder? I don't know, man. I don't know what you want me to do there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, honestly, it has been an issue for the past couple of years. Um, I think that, uh, I think that, uh, the whole, the whole situation, I don't know what, I don't know why they can't figure it out, but it's been the, it's been the, the problem for the past couple of years. Anyway, let's move on and let's uh, talk about John Robinson's worst draft class, which is the worst draft class that John has had since arriving in 2016. We will talk about it together right after I tell you about the people who are always going to be there for you with the Intel Edge. We're talking roster intel tonight, but if you want to talk real estate intel, the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage is where you go. They will get you the Intel Edge you need to succeed. That helps you sell your home without any showings or stagings. It helps you find your next home while you're trying to sell your current one in this red-hot real estate market. And it helps you win the buyer battle and cash in on your home equity now. GaryAshton.com is where you go for the best intel while everybody else screws around with the same properties and the same information. You can get the Intel Edge to succeed with the team that your favorite teams trust. That's the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage at GaryAshton.com. So, uh, let us, uh, I want a house, says Bowell. Well, call Gary. There you go. Easy enough. Um, <laughs> Titan Fox says, Buck's, Buck's already the loudest interviewer at press conferences without meaning to be. I got I caught some shit off Rabel because I'm too loud at press conferences already when I'm asking my questions. I don't know. There's no, there's no balance around here. What are you going to do? Uh so draft classes that have been problems for the Titans under John. Uh, I think there's a couple of different nominees that you could submit. 
Um, I think that when you look at, I think that when you look at draft classes under John, you have to grade on the curve of what the situation was for them at the time. So in 2016, when he took over, they, they were the worst team in football, right? They had the first overall pick. They traded it to the Rams in a big haul. They got a bunch of picks back and they started to build the core of their roster. Jack Conklin, Kevin Dodd was a bust, obviously. Austin Johnson washed out as well. Derrick Henry, though, Kevin Byard, Tajay Sharp, who played some good snaps, LaShawn Sims as a depth corner in the fifth round, and uh, three other players who who didn't make it very far in Sebastian Tretola, Aaron Wallace, and Kalen Reed. Um, then you go to 2017. Now they're, you know, they're starting to make progress, but they're still not an outright good team, um, even though they won nine games. Corey Davis, Adoree Jackson, Taewon Taylor, Jonu Smith, Jayon Brown, Corey Levin, Josh Carraway, Brad Seaton, Kalfani Muhammad. Now, after Levin, everything kind of falls off. And Taewon Taylor obviously wasn't a very good pick. But those other five players ended up playing, and uh, one in Levin is still on the roster. In 2018, they only had four, which, you know, didn't necessarily... Really, Harold Landry is the thing that saved them there because Rashawn Evans, Dane Cruikshank, and Luke Falk have all moved on. 2019 is arguably his best class. That's Jeff, that's AJ, Nate, uh, Nate Davis, Amani Hooker, and David Long, DeAndre Walker being the lone player who's not there. Then you get to 2020, and it starts to get substantially worse. Isaiah Wilson, uh, let us not forget. Christian Fulton, who's probably your best corner right now. Darrington Evans, who was off the roster, I think, this offseason, they got rid of him. They said, get the hell out. We're done with you now. Lorel Murchison, who's been with the team but did get cut and is on the practice squad. Cole McDonald, who didn't make it out of training camp. And Chris Jackson, who was cut but is also back on the practice squad and has played good snaps uh, for them in certain points. I think that uh I think that when you look at the I think that when you look at the 2020 class, to hear John talk about it today. I'd be curious to hear what your guys' reaction was because while three of them are technically still with the team, Fulton's the only one who's still on the active roster from that class and really the only one who's kind of established themselves as a core part of this football program moving forward. What do you think went wrong with the 2020 draft class? And is that something that you could you could learn from going forward? Um, well, I think, you know, Christian Fulton was in that class. Um, uh, Merch was in that class. Merch has made our, our team a couple times, and then he ended back up on the practice squad this year. We've got some guys in the, you know, that were undrafted that are on that class. I've spoke about the guys that aren't here anymore. I'm not going to talk about those guys again. Um, but I, I think that was that whole that whole period of time was – it was kind of weird for all of us, right? Because we were in this pandemic, we were locked in our houses and we couldn't do anything. And um, it certainly, I mean, we tried to go through our process TD, but it was just different. And it wasn't, I, I personally didn't work, was not able to do what I normally do as I prep for, you know, for the draft. So 2020 was a bad class for sure. And like, some of those guys washed out for different reasons. Again, I think I think Laurel Murchison and Chris Jackson as fifth and seventh round picks, like those aren't those guys aren't busts. They're just fifth and seven round uh seventh round picks. I think that uh, you know, it's rare. Like Theo Jackson. Theo Jackson's a sixth round pick this year. He didn't make the roster at a training camp. Des Fitzpatrick is, you know, a, a little different because you expect a fourth round pick to have better more success than 
Dez has so far, but this is twice in a row now as a fourth round pick that he hasn't made the roster. Basically, everything from fifth round down is not a guarantee to latch on. So anything that you get out of those guys tends to be gravy, but you cannot miss on the first round pick, the third round pick, the way that they did in uh, Isaiah, obviously, and Darrington Evans, because it leaves you chasing certain positions. Now, I do think that they're going to get the opportunity to make up for it because the 2022 class seems like, and, you know, I mean, is they're going to play right away. Nick Petit Frere, Roger McCreary, Chiga Conquo, Kyle Phillips, Traylon Burks, I think to some degree, but like all these dudes are going to get snaps, right? And I think that when you, uh, I think that when you looked at the, uh, I think that when you looked at a situation for the Titans and and how imperfect the draft science is, 2020 is for sure John's worst class, but, and you would rather it not be so feast or famine for lack of a better term in how, uh, in how you go about, you know, oh, you, you're down bad for 2020 and 2021. And then you come back with 22 and you feel like you've made up for lost time. Ideally you would want it to be a little more even than that, but you know, it has been a successful formula to a degree right now. Um, how did the Josh Gordon visit go? If you know, uh, he was not in to visit today. Uh, I expect him to, unless he came in after we all cleared the practice field because they had actual practice today. But I expect Josh Gordon will be in tomorrow. Um, so I'll keep you updated if as well. Actually, I well, I'll keep you updated on Twitter because we're not doing primetime tomorrow because of the Vols game. Um, Ryan Field says, I didn't know y'all had beef with Noah and Chase at Tennessee talk name dropped A to Z tonight. Uh, is this a different, is this a different, I'm unfamiliar with any of this. Um, and I, you know, I don't, I don't say that to be dismissive. I don't know if this is an Austin and Zach beef, uh, at, cause I'm unfamiliar with Noah or Chase and I don't know what Tennessee talk is, but, um, you know, if there uh, if there is uh, if there is some kind of fight to be had, uh, I'm probably down. <laughs> but I, you know, I don't I don't know who those guys are or, or what the deal is. So I hope uh, so I, you know, I hope if Austin and Zach are fighting the good fight that that's at least an enjoyable back and forth, and it's just not, you know, not a uh, not just oh God knows what Zach is doing honestly in the morning. Zach Zach is always uh, Zach is always good for bothering somebody to a certain extent which is why we love him god bless him uh orlando jones says beef in the media streets i don't what what is tennessee talk i'm 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 legitimately i don't i don't know the answer to that question i'm not trying to i i sound like i'm being dismissive and i'm not trying to be dismissive i just generally i don't know what that is um so anyway we will uh we will circle back to that perhaps you guys can update me on the beef if beef actually materializes T-Town Brown says, is that going to be wild? And Zach, Zach's always out of his mind. Those damn cocaine eyes, I swear. He is, <laughs> he is a, uh, he is a different, he is wired differently than most people I know, which is why he's one of my favorite human beings of all time. Uh, all right. So 2020 draft class, the worst of John Robinson's draft class, I think so far, but there will be time. Uh, we will see how 2022 makes up for lost ground. All right. Let us do the weekend bounce back. Real simple. Just like this, who needs to bounce back in sports this weekend? Give me your answer. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Real easy. Who needs to bounce back most in sports? Maybe it's uh, Tennessee Talk. Maybe it's Austin and Zach. I don't know who's winning in this 
alleged uh, alleged fight, or maybe the issue was with me, and I just I don't know it. Nobody's brought it to my attention. But if there's a fight I'm involved in, I would like somebody to let me know so I can you know properly defend myself or start to attack other people as uh, as I see necessary. Anyway, while we figure out who needs to bounce back, I'll tell you about Superbook Sports. That's where you can go for a weekend bounce back. Your first bet, they'll match it up to $1,000 no matter if the bet wins or loses. You can't. There is no way for you to be down bad. Or uh, It is going to be a bounce back either way when you bet in the Superbook Sports app. They have odds up right now for every NFL game for the rest of the regular season. You can bet who's going to win the MVP, who uh, your title winner is going to be, and who will surprise in the SEC, all in the Superbook Sports app. For terms and conditions, go to Superbook.com. Gambling problem? Call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. All right, so... um. Who needs to bounce back most in sports at this point? I think that uh, I think that there's a couple of different nominees. Derek Arsa, Scott Frost, that's probably the best one. Steven, 1986, also says Will Compton and his Corey Huskers need to bounce back, or Frost is gone. I would t- so Will was on the radio show on Monday, and I would I would invite you all to go listen to what a, what a suffering or a, rather a delusional uh, Nebraska fan sounds like after his. Uh, after his team completely and utterly collapses around him. Um, but yes, Martin Truex Jr., who had, who was, it seemed like he was going to, and I don't know much about NASCAR, but I did see this, that uh, Martin Truex Jr. was in a position to make the playoffs for the, uh, what? forgive me, I don't know the the proper term or the proper branding for the for the NASCAR playoffs. But anyway, Mar- Martin Truex was in. Uh, he was leading in the most recent race. Um, or he was in good position in the most recent race. There was a weather delay. He ended up finishing out of the money. I think he finished like three spots out of the playoffs, if I understood correctly, which is just a terrible thing to have happen because I can't think of anything more, anything more uh, that uh, <laughs> that um, that would derail a sporting event or that weather would derail a sporting event more than NASCAR, given that it's literally just pure momentum that you have going the entire time. Uh, and so much of your strategy is while you are in the race. Uh, the whole team needs to bounce back, says Bow Wow. Which team? Uh, which team specifically? You might need to give me a little more information on that. Uh, just looked up Tennessee Toxis, Orlando. You guys, y'all can take those guys. <laughs> uh, listen, I, I, uh, I think that. Uh, well, now I'm curious to now I'm curious to see who Austin and Zach. Now I'm going to have to go look this up to see who Austin and Zach are feuding with. I want, although Austin is a sneaky is a sneaky good candidate for who is who is uh, stirring shit up because Austin does take things. I I won't say Austin takes things more. Well, no, I will say Austin takes things more personally than Zach or I for sure. Austin takes things more personally than Zach or I. Uh, so Austin is a sneaky good candidate to be involved in some for- some form of feud, but I'll have to go find more out more information about this. Perhaps I'll send a message to our group text and see what's happening and uh, see if I can get involved in some way, shape, or form. Alex Leatherwood says Jonathan Hernandez needs to bounce back. He did bounce back. He's on the Bears. The Bears picked him up because the Bears are a miserable franchise. So what do miserable franchises do? They try to get any able-bodied player they think can give them any kind of snaps, and Alex Leatherwood is just barely that. But apparently, the Tennessee Titans need to bounce back because Reed sent me this clip of uh, from the Around the NFL podcast 
um, which is something that the NFL Network puts on. It's something, it's a podcast I very much enjoy, but apparently the cast of the Around the NFL podcast are quite down on the local professional football team. Would you Same here, I'm Chargers, Ravens, Dolphins. Did anyone Weiss else? Weiss and I wow. had the exact so, same picks all, all through. All three of you except Mark have the Titans going first seed to out of the playoffs? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have well, a favorite on the show? A lot. They we, lost a lot this year, are you, man. Are you still saying that the Titans are like a real first seed team last year? Uh, last year? Yeah. What makes them not a real first seed well, team last yeah. year? I mean, they, yeah, did, no, I mean, they, they, they were technically it. the first seed. They they beat Mahomes and Allen and Stafford in the regular season. Yep. Beat the Bills? I mean, they How lost a lot. How did that playoff game go? They, they looked terrible in the playoffs, <laughs> but they are still going to make the playoffs this year. Do you have them in the playoffs this year? Oh, of yeah. Of course. <laughs> They they wouldn't let him uh, do his podcast. Am I literally the only one that has and the entire company that has the Patriots making the playoffs? So uh, they think the Titans are out on the playoffs, and you know I think uh, I th- well here's the thing. Okay, uh, Nashville SC for those of you guys paying attention just went up two one at home tonight at Geodes Park. They're playing Colorado. It looks like. Uh, 54 minutes into the match, Soccer Moses with the uh, the banner "Let My People Goal." Always exciting, but um, here's the thing: like the Titans in this division, and I tried, I try to, you know, keep a keep an open mind about this because I don't cover the Colts, I don't see the Colts every day, and I don't know how much better the Colts have actually gotten. But Indianapolis has a lot of things that I like about their football team. Now, Indy also, yeah, I like Matt Ryan better than I like Ryan Tannehill, for example. Um, I like uh, I like probably, I like the Titans defense better than I like the Indianapolis defense. I think both offensive lines are not necessarily, I don't feel great about either offensive line. So there's not a ton of like there's not a ton of separation between the Titans and the Colts to me. Now I think all things being equal, what the Titans do best is better than what the Colts do best at this point. Titans rush the passer um, as well as anybody in the sport. And Matt Ryan has not a great offensive line in front of them, uh, or at least he doesn't have a good tackle situation in front of him. Uh, the interior offensive line is still good with Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly. I believe they have a new starting right guard this year. But for, you know, the difference between Indy and and Tennessee, you know, it's just kind of it's kind of 1A and 1B to me. Now, I don't think there's two teams are not making the playoffs out of the AFC South this year. There's just no way in hell. Um the rest of the AFC is too good and the AFC South is certainly the worst division in the conference this year. Um but the Titans you know, I just think there's a track record there that says to me that you cannot rule them out in any way, shape, or form. They should have been dead in the water last year, and they continued to survive. Um, but I think, uh, I think that you know, all things being equal, I would favor Tennessee just slightly. I don't think that Tennessee is substantially better than Indianapolis. In fact, I think Indianapolis gives them problems. I think all three of these teams give the well, really, I think that it's going to be kind of a crapshoot because I think all three of the other teams are going to be much better at this point. Uh, Ryan Fields says, so you're saying the Colts defense is on par with the Titans? That puts us levels above them. I've literally just said that the Titans defense is better than the Colts defense. 
but it does not put you levels above them. I don't think that like, I think that Jonathan Taylor is probably going to be a great running back again. I don't, I think Derek, you know, I don't know what to make of Derek this year. I think Derek's going to be fine. And Jonathan Taylor may end up being the better running back. I I don't know how that's going to go. There's no way for me to predict that based on last year's results. It was skewed because Derek missed some time. Um, Jonathan Taylor played the full season and really they started to lean even more on Taylor when they started to trust Carson Wentz less. Uh, Titans will win six games says bow No, I definitely think they win more than six, but you know, if you told me that they ended up like nine and eight and squeaking into the playoffs, I wouldn't be shocked by that. Um, I wouldn't be shocked by that at all. Cause I think the Jags are better. I think the Texans are better. I think the Colts are better and the Titans I don't necessarily know where they've gotten substantially better year over year. So we'll see what happens. And uh, and it'll certainly be interesting. And I'm looking forward to covering another team uh, or another year of this team because I think that uh, I think that they always keep me engaged, which I appreciate. And they're always competitive, um, which is something all that, you know, because I'd rather I'd rather cover a competitive team than a shitty team. I'd rather, you know, everybody likes to, I guess everybody likes to you know, in certain markets like Jacksonville and Miami has been doing this for a long time. Like you make your, you make your vacation plans in November because you don't have to cover football in February or January. But, uh, I think that, I think that the Titans always at least keep you in it until the end. Let's see, uh, with Matt Ryan, um, with the Matt Ryan fact, do you think they will use JT differently? No, I don't think the offense is going to change. Um, no, I don't think the offense that no, I don't think the offense is going to change all that much. It's Matt Ryan is just a better version of is just a better version of um washed Phillip Rivers when he was a Colt and certainly a better version of Carson Wentz. But none of those three guys are particularly mobile, so I don't know why that would change things uh for the offense or for Jonathan Taylor. Uh let's see. Titans have better defense, better receivers, better running back, but come on. Well, they no, do better receivers where what last I looked you had like four in fact I think Cody Hollister Cody Hollister is your fifth wide receiver on the roster right now I like the Colts wide receivers a hell of a lot better than I like the Titans wide receiver situation I think Michael Pittman's going to be a great player Alex P Alec Pierce uh seems to be a really really exciting rookie who a lot of people in the draft or the talent evaluators liked a lot he's had a great camp they felt good enough about their situation where they didn't bring T.Y. Hilton back. Paris Campbell hasn't done anything yet in the NFL, but we'll see. I do I do think that I like their, what the Colts have a lot more than I like what the Titans might have, even though I'm, I'm very confident about Kyle Phillips and Robert Woods. Uh, you can't tell me that the Colts only have two receivers and tell me that the Titans have more. What, what evidence do you have uh, of that anywhere on what's happened on a field of play? At this point, I would favor I would favor the Colts in that situation. Um, all right, that's going to do it for us tonight on the primetime show. Uh, we will be back with you on snow, not Sunday night. So we're off Wednesday and we are rather we are off Thursday and we are off Sunday. Stop laughing at me, producer Reed in the background. Can't have that. Uh, but we will have a great long weekend and we will come back. And we will get ready for week one. Mike Vrabel was already Mike Vrabel was in a shitty mood today anyway. He wanted to, but he wanted to talk about the Giants instead of talking about the roster. So we must be close to football with Mike Vrabel's 
mood is getting worse by the day, which is always exciting. Uh, radio show tomorrow. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're covering all things Tennessee, and uh, and certainly that will be a good time from 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone. Have a great long weekend for those of you who get one, and I will see you back here on Monday night on A to Z Sports Prime Time. There's All right, Prater. we haven't scored a point since I came in here. I am gone, guys. What? what that's but, it? But we got a couple more questions. No, that's it. Peace out by the GM. <laughs>